listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 27th of February 2023. APRA, the banking regulator, has decided to maintain the interest rate buffer it requires banks to apply when assessing new borrowers or loans at 3%. does have some implications, especially for those people who are on fixed rate mortgages, and we'll switch over to variable rates sometime this year. For more, I spoke with Sam Garland from PwC Australia. He is the banking and capital markets leader there. It's really a question of uncertainty. Um, and I think APRA's weighed it all up and said now's not the time to reduce the protection that that buffer gives banks and borrowers. Um, what are they balancing? Well, firstly, there's the risk that by having a higher buffer, it kind of chokes off lending in the economy, and that's bad for the economy, and it could be bad for banks and bad for borrowers. And they're weighing that off against the protection that it gives against some real uncertainties as they see it at the moment, both in terms of rates, how high they could go, but also we haven't seen the full impact of that, particularly for fixed borrowers, Um, but also cost of living increases and how that impacts people's available income and the economy at large. Those fixed borrowers, we know there are around 880,000 fixed home loans out there that will switch to variable sometime this year, about $350 billion worth. What will it mean for a new borrowers and for those fixed rate borrowers who are switching to variable and wanting to get a better deal when they refinance? Yeah, I'm I'm one of them. Um, Look, in some respects, how the loan is going to be assessed tomorrow versus today hasn't changed because the buffer hasn't changed. But the rates that you're going to be assessed on are going to be very different to those that you were assessed on at the time when you took your fixed rate mortgage out. So, you know, we were used to rates there even starting with one. And we're now talking about rates starting with five, maybe even six. So it is going to change the kind of borrowing capacity for borrowers at at that point in time. But the buffer change itself is not going to really impact that at this point because it hasn't changed. Is there, though, a case for reducing it at all? And how are the banks placed to do so? Yeah. And look, I mean, APRA said themselves that they're leaving that option on the table in the future. Um, I think as rates kind of head towards their peak, um, the prospect of a further 3% rise in rates, which the buffer kind of contemplates, becomes less likely. Um, you know, since 2021, when the rate was set, we've actually had rates increase by 3.2%. So the buffer's been more than used up in that time. Um, I think, you know, the, the case really is, does it start to choke credit in the economy more widely? And are good borrowers being turned down or not giving enough kind of borrowing capacity, which will have an impact on the economy. It will have an impact on banks, which is an unintended consequence. It's not the desired consequence of this measure. In terms of the banks, Ricardo, um, look, in some respects, it's a mathematical change for them in terms of making that adjustment. Um, There's lots of things in a credit assessment that that will vary at a given point in time. But I think they'd say they're fairly ready to make that adjustment um, if APRA changes their view on that. Um, And that's certainly the, the messaging that they've been giving to market. Sam Garland there from PwC Australia. Now to the Australian share market, which fell to a seven-week low. The ASX 200 down 1.1%, 7,224. To tell us why, I spoke with David Burton-Jones from Equitas Investment Partners. Well, last Friday, we had the USPCE data drop. Now, this is the personal consumption expenditure inflation data. It's the print that the US Monetary Authority set policy in response to. And it was high, much higher than the Federal Reserve is likely to tolerate. So more rate hikes remain on the way. It also acts as something of a reminder that here in Australia, inflation 
continues to be too hot as well, which will keep the RBA with both feet firmly planted on the brake, we'd suggest. And that manifests in a weaker outlook for corporate profits and for the carrying value of the stock market more broadly. So looking into that in more detail, how is the market now feeling about the the persistence of inflation and thus higher interest rates? I'd say the market is feeling very skittish. So the, the market is positioned for this idea of a soft landing where central banks can successfully wring excess inflation out of the system, but without causing the unemployment rate to spike or asset prices to fall too much. So that's what we mean by soft landing. The market is not positioned for a hard landing where wringing that excess inflation out of the system can only be done with a recession. Now, Friday's print, unfortunately, does make that second part quite a bit more likely. So we've come to the end of the profit reporting season. There are a few stragglers today. How would you rate it and what were the trends? Oh, quite disappointing overall. So the, the much-feared collapse in revenues for consumer discretionary stocks didn't happen. The outlook statements from stocks like Nick Scarly or JB Hi-Fi, they were cautious, maybe even a little surprised that sales had held up so well in their management commentary, given the changes in interest rates that we've seen so far. Now, that that's a good thing in terms of how they're travelling right now, but it doesn't change that picture of negativity about the future. This need to batten down the hatches. So cash flows were pretty terrible across the board for the companies that we cover. We saw a lot of businesses where there was no meaningful free cash flow after servicing CapEx, that's capital expenditure needs, and paying things like operating leases. That meant a lot of borrowing to fund the dividend. Now, that's usually a very unsustainable type of outcome that ordinarily we're quite happy to bet against. Finally, in this environment, higher interest rates, persistent inflation, where do you see the opportunities? The opportunity is still very much with the rate beneficiaries. So this means companies like the insurance firms, QBE and Suncorp come to mind, which usually make more money when the interest rates go up, all else equal. Now, the uncertain outlook means that, in our mind, it is worth getting set in quality defensives, and that range from healthcare stocks, so companies like Sonic and Ramsey, where the valuations are reasonable and where the outlook uh, for earnings is either stable or recovering well from the pandemic, to sectors like the telecommunications. So we just saw earlier this morning that TPG was out with a very strong set of numbers showing uh, that ARPUs and AMPUs, that's average revenue per user and average margin per user, were up strongly across both mobile and broadband on the pricing side. And then solid subscriber growth on the volume side as open borders means that roaming revenues return, tourism returns, as well as the natural accretion of population growth and new residents. So those are the kinds of companies and sectors that we're gravitating towards. David Burtham-Jones there from Aquitus Investment Partners. Let's end on superannuation because the pool of unclaimed or lost super is growing. The Australian Taxation Office says there is now $16 billion worth waiting to be handed back. That, that's more than $2 billion on last year. The ATO says nearly one in four Australians hold two or more super accounts, often opened when switching jobs, which can contribute to forgetting or losing super. So what can you do about it? You can find it and consolidate your super accounts at the ATO's MyGov online services via its app or go to its website, my.gov.au. 
This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.